Everybody, welcome to Underlying Perceptions. I'm Kariga, and today we're going to talk about the holidays. Yeah, that's it's going to be a good topic to talk about today. So um, I'm going to just start off saying one thing that I really do like about the holidays is uh, I enjoy the family gatherings. I enjoy the food. And, you know, honestly, just enjoying that family time, that makes my holiday uh, more solidified, makes me happy. Uh being around family, being around people that's loving, caring, and just sharing moments. And especially during the winter, the cold times where things are more laid back, more calm. And um, the reason why I'm talking about the holidays today is because sometimes in the holidays, people can catch the winter blues and people can feel sad. And the word sad itself um, has a mark in the psychology world uh, for a uh, for a disorder Um and it's a form of depression, which is called seasonal affective disorder, also known as seasonal depression or the winter blues, as some people will identify it as. Uh, I wrote an article about it on xcariga.com slash knowledge. So you can go ahead and check out the articles that I have wrote, um, you know, talking about certain depression um, symptoms, talking about uh, resiliency, um, speaking on boundaries, grief and et cetera. And once again, it's updated weekly. And today's topic, I feel like, uh, you know, it would be good to just kind of talk about the holidays and how it can impact our mood. Just because we are passing Thanksgiving, we're going into win- uh, we're going into Christmas now, and then we're going into the New Year's. But it's it's deeper than just those holidays that are marked on a calendar. It's just the time of the year which does impact our our neuro our neurons um, in many ways that can cause us to have low mood. Um, cause us to feel more irritable, changes in appetite, um, energy, pleasure towards things we once had pleasure in, and sad, uh, also known as seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression, um, has a prominent role around this time of the year specifically, not so much the spring and the summertime, but more so in the wintertime. Um, it has been shown uh, in the uh, according to statistics um, that, you know, seasonal depression does affect people in the winter. And and it may affect people longer in certain states or parts of the countries that are colder um, due to the lack of sunlight, which, you know, impacts the serotonin and low serotonin levels obviously leads to more irritability or uh, lower moods. Um, And it can also lead to, uh, you know, an impairment in your daily functioning activities, uh, such as going to work. You know, you may find yourself wanting to call off work or finding excuses not to go to work because, um, you're dealing with a type of depression or a type of depressive symptom that is impacting your daily uh, activities. Um, melan, not melatonin, sorry, that is important. But melatonin is also um, impacted because with sad um, seasonal affective disorder, people tend to sleep in longer periods, um, hibernate more in the winter time, um, either overeat or not eating as much. Um, these, these moods are, are impacted, uh, when we are dealing with, uh, the holiday blues. Um, some people are dealing with tough losses that are leading up to these holidays or during this time of the year to where, uh, they are in a rut or in a form of stagnation. So the, the increased irritability, the increased depressive symptoms do kick in there. There is, uh, so, so there is, has been multiple studies on this, especially evidence-based studies that states uh, 
colder countries or colder parts of the, let's speak in the U.S. as well, um, colder states tend to deal with more depressive symptoms um, than uh, warmer states. And we can go ahead and look into states that don't, that don't have the much sunlight. Uh, we can see Chicago, right? Chicago um, is a state of many states that also deal with colder weather, but Chicago specifically um, in the winter is really, really cold. Um, it is, is lack of sunlight, um, more depressive mood um, kicks in, in, uh, in the youth, especially when it comes to, um, you know, we can speak on the gang life or uh, we can speak on suicide rates as well. Um, let's go ahead and talk about also the students that are in other countries such as Canada and them dealing with depression uh, and, and going to school, um, depressions for parents and co-parenting. Um, all these states, all these countries, they when they don't have that sunlight, the serotonin is impacted. And so when you don't, when your serotonin is not functioning properly, which is pretty much your mood stabilizer, you know, that this is your your uh, your high emotions. Um, your, uh, your energy levels really thrive off of your serotonin, which is part of your central nervous system and your, and your, uh, neurology and your brain. So it, it's the center focus for your neurons for it to function properly for you to, you know, feel at ease for you to be more energetic for you to be, uh, how can I say more so, uh, on the happier spectrum in life. But when the serotonin is, in, is impacted due to the lack of sunlight, due to the uh, vitamin D deficiency, um, the lack of sleep, and maybe the, the diet, you know, whether you're eating unhealthy or not eating at all, uh, it's going to cause you to feel um, depressed around this time of the year specifically. Now, the reason why I'm speaking specifically on the holidays is because uh, according to the psychological research and the neurological uh, neurological research, it states that Sad only happens around the winter times more prominently, starting from mid-fall into your winter. And so when I'm saying that some states deal with it a lot more severe is because the winter can be prolonged. And that is just going based off of the sunlight. That's going based off of vitamin D deficiency, cold weathers. Um, so uh, in the holidays now, we can go more in, in depth about um, certain things that are impacted, like family relationships is definitely impacted during the holidays. And we're talking far as family gatherings. Um, we're talking about external and internal conflicts, um, expectations, internal and external uh, expectations that we tend to seek validation from certain family members or we tend to um, isolate from family uh, just because during this time of the year, we have all been impacted in, in some type of way where it's been uh is, is impacting our daily functioning. It impacts the way we look at life. It impacts our happiness towards the holidays. Um, you know, I look at it like as I got older, the holidays haven't been the same. You know, like when I was a kid, I can always go back like, yeah, me and my cousins, my 20 cousins, 30 cousins that I barely see now, we will always go outside. We'll play football. We'll eat good. We'll play video games. We'll hold competitions, talent shows. We're just having a, you know, having a ball, having a blast. And those times were amazing. Those times were great. I cherish them most of the time uh, uh, to have that memory stay alive is just watching the VHS tapes my mom have or watching old videos that my aunties and uncles have and 
just kind of seeing like, wow, like what the days was like back then for the holidays for me. Like Thanksgiving was my favorite. Christmas would then be my favorite. It's like just knowing family will always come around. That was a blessing. As I got older, you know, things changed. It's like certain family members don't talk to each other anymore. So they don't come around with the, with our cousins, you know, like I don't get to see my cousins anymore because certain things are happening. Uh, people's, people's lives are, are being impacted during this time of the year. People are going through financial struggles. People are going through, um, you know, uh, emotional struggles, mental struggles, physical struggles during this time of the year to where not everybody's able to pop out on these events like that anymore. And, you know, uh, just taking into account, it's like, you know, as I get older, I start seeing the same thing. I'm like, you know, I, I can see myself not really um, going to family events like that often or I find myself pulling back to going to an event because I'm like, you know, I'm just good here. Like my birthday is literally, uh, what, four days after Christmas um, on the 29th of December. So it's like uh, I just had a good conversation with Icy Jones outside before I stepped in. And happy birthday to you, Icy. Uh, you know, I was just telling him, I was like, you know, I don't really celebrate my birthday like that. And, you know, he asked me, why is that? And I pretty much just told him, I said, you know, I think with me being in the middle of two uh, holidays, you know, we got New Year's and we got Christmas where everybody's doing their own thing or everybody's already like financially stressed or emotionally stressed or exhausted during the, during after Christmas and going into New Year's and being prepared for whatever 2022 has got, got to bring to you and you're still trying to process 2021, better yet, 2019. You know, I was like, you know, I, I'm good. I think I'm just going to chill back, you know. And he was just telling me, like, yeah, it's, it's your celebration in life. Like, you should celebrate it no matter what. Like, you know, it's. but I understand, like, just being laid back. But, you know, it, it made sense. It's like, you know, it's a mindset thing. But then it's like maybe that could be, like, a form of sad or a symptom of sad where it's like, you know, I don't have that energy or I don't have that that motive to wanting to plan a birthday party or have people come over or turn up. Maybe I'm just good being a homebody and just chilling and relaxing with my family and just, you know, keeping it copacetic at that. But it, it really puts things in perspective. Cause I was like, I use, I, I would, I, when my birthday come up, I'll be ready to have a great time, turn up. Things was fun, but then like times change. And I think, I think really COVID had impacted a lot. So, we will see sad more often during this time. And when I say sad, I'm speaking on seasonal affective disorder. It can prolong. So it's like, you know, we're so used to being isolated in our homes. We're so used to not being able to have that interpersonal connectedness with people. Um, you know, we're walking around with masks all day, so we're not able to see a person smile or talk to a person. It's not the same um, interaction that you would have back in. I know this sounds crazy, but back in 2019, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, things are different. You know, you can't reach out for a handshake anymore. Like now you got to be mindful. Like, should I shake your hand? What's the proper gesture of me introducing myself, um, in a, a more interpersonal way rather than just hi or something, you know, it's, you could do the dap. And then sometimes people take offense to that. Like, would you think I'm sick? And it's like, man, like it disrupted a lot of our communication. It disrupted a lot, uh, with us externally and internally. And I feel that impacted that impacts people during the holidays, especially like, you know, the holidays aren't going to be the same because, you know, um, for one, COVID is still impacting people financially. So during this time of the year, you can be exhausted when it comes to 
financially supporting your child or family members during the holidays, especially Christmas, where it's like, I don't think I can exceed or reach that expectation um, during the holidays because I'm going through this or um, people are going through more uh, overthinking. You know, uh, the, the overthinking thing is like, I mentioned in my article, the external, the internal conflicts that, or the expectations that we set. So uh, we may set a high expectation of ourselves, and internally we'll be affected by that and feel that since we can't reach the expectation we set for ourselves, that leads us to be more depressed. So it's like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm putting my weight around for the family. I don't think I'm this. I don't think I'm that. And it's, it's a lot of that overthinking process that caused the internal conflicts. The external portion of it is when you can possibly think the universe is connecting to you in a negative is communicating with you in a negative way. So you would think of an external locus of control, which is, you know, thinking the world has something against you. And yes, that is a cognitive distortion, perhaps, because, you know, your mind reading, you're jumping to conclusions, you're over catastrophizing a situation that isn't certain, you know, it's based off of assumption and that impacts your perception of yourself or your perception of people because of your interpretation of the world or, or how the world view you or how you perceive the world all impacts your brain leads the overthinking phase that you don't know your mind is going through. And once again, it impacts you in irritability It impacts your sleep patterns. Uh, it impacts your uh, communication with people. Um, it, it definitely impacts your mood. So, you know, Going back to the sunlight situation, you know, exercising is very, very important because you're releasing, you know, you, you're releasing those endorphins, you know, you, you're working on your dopamine levels, you're working on your serotonin levels when you stand on your vitamin D, um, when you're getting the sunlight that you do need. But um, during this time, it's like you're, it's not often that you're going to get sunlight. So you may catch yourself in that mental rut where you're, you do find yourself low mood. And just letting you know that doesn't make you abnormal. You know, it's just a symptom that, you know, a majority of us do deal with um, during this time of the year. You think about it. When you're going to work, there's no sunlight at work. You're driving in traffic and you're driving to work with the when it's still dark outside and it's like 7 a.m. in the morning. Then you're like, by the time you get off of work, it's like it's getting dark again. And it's like your whole day has just been a ball of stress. And then it leads to all this overthinking these um, excess uh, emotions that lead to excess vulnerability, which could then lead to suicide. Um, now there is research out there. Y'all could do uh, research rates uh, that suicide is higher in the summer. And um, that's just because, you know, people are more um, hyper uh, active and that leads to um, higher levels of impulsivity. But then, uh, Suicide rates also do happen a lot in the winter too that go uh that does happen and it's because a lot of people are um undiagnosed during this during this time of the year so like l looking at your behavior not your behavior but you know you do have a role in this but like let's say you have a video let's say uh you have an old video of your kid back in the day and you looking at how the holiday, how they were on the holidays the year ago. And then holidays come around this time of the year. You see your child is different. You see your child's uh, a little low mood or depressed. Those are early signs too, just because of external and internal factors that do um, impact them, uh, impact the household. So seasonal 
uh, affective disorder is not a disorder that everybody has just because you do feel sad during this time of the year, but it, it's more so, um, is more so the fact that it impacts you in ways where you tend to isolate more. You tend to sleep in more. Um, and that, that was number one, really it was the, uh, you know, the circadian rhythm of, of, uh, our functioning, you know, like getting the sunlight that we need, getting the exercise that we need, eating, eating healthy or having, a, um, having a, uh, you know, good, good size portion meals, having a perfect diet. And I say a perfect diet because, you know, uh, the spectrum is either black or white, you know, you're either eating too much or you're not eating at all. And it's just, I feel like COVID kind of showed people what seasonal depression is, but just year round. So the symptoms that I'm talking about where you're like, well, I'm, I was dealing with that. I was dealing with that last year. Oh, I was dealing with that this year is because now if anybody want to know what seasonal affective disorder is, and the reason why I'm talking about it is because it's been undermined. People don't really talk about this, um, this disorder. They just, pretty much give it a name such as winter blues, but usually um, this goes misdiagnosed. This, um, this is not talked about. It's not something that you hear often, but now that people have been dealing with isolation, such as quarantine in their own homes and dealing with their depression battles in their own home and dealing with, uh, you know, battling their demons and such. Now you can get an idea of what sad is and it's a one type of depression it's not major uh, depressive mood disorder but it is one type of depression and uh covid19 having us in quarantine and seeing those suicide rates go up uh that that shows you an that gives you an idea of what um seasonal depression could feel like for somebody and it also gives you an idea of what depression is like for uh for a client or you know, for somebody that that has been diagnosed with uh, MDD, uh, major depressive uh, disorder, you know, being in that situation where you're like, I'm not able to go outside. And I'm not able to uh, communicate with people. I'm not able to do the things I love. Uh, I'm not even making the money I need to make because the job laid me off based off of this and that and this and that COVID messed up this and and then on top of that, losing people we love in the process. So now you're already dealing with grief uh, on top of dealing with losses such as a job loss or just the loss of having connectedness with people, loss of family interactions and et cetera. This is what sad looks like. So if anybody asked me, well, a client with uh, seasonal affective disorder, what would that look like? Okay. A perfect example would be, have you felt depressed while being in quarantine and how has that impacted you? And if any of your questions evolve around any symptoms such as, well, I was sleeping in longer or I couldn't sleep at all. or I was taking um, I was taking medication and I found myself taking higher doses of medication. Um, I've been been isolating. You know, I, I don't go out much. I just I just stayed in myself. I don't really mess with people. When, when you have like various answers that kind of lead into those type of symptoms, that gives you the idea that seasonal affective disorder um, can impair you in that form during the holidays. It can impact you that way during the holidays. And it's strictly just for this time period, the winter, really. Mid-fall and the winter is where SAD is more prominent, uh, according to the research studies. And there has been treatments for it, but um, I'm going to give you my perspective on it. Um, for one, vitamin D deficiency is, a, is an issue with SAD, but you also have uh, 
you know, um, supplements you can take to kind of get your vitamin D or you can drink orange juice, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's supplements out there that you can go ahead and get to make sure your vitamin D is good and efficient. Um, sunlight. Now this is the topic that I'm gonna get in. Sunlight is something we can't really control. You know what I'm saying? Like if the sun decided to pop out, it decided to pop out, you know, and we just have to rely on that. But, but understanding that sunlight, getting sunlight impacts your brain and the neurology is so complex that I can talk about this forever, but just to stay on topic of sad seasonal affective disorder, when it impacts your serotonin levels, it impacts your mood and energy. So you will find yourself feeling more sad. You will find yourself feeling excessively vulnerable um, or uh, hypersensitive and needing excess validation from people during this time because, uh, you know, uh, you just feel low mood. You're feeling low about yourself. Now you're dealing with internal and external expectations that um, that you're not meeting or uh, assumptions or cognitive distortions that lead into impacting your daily functioning or your connectedness with people. And that's going to put you in a depressive state and it can become crippling. Now, the thing is, is that just because you have it around this time of the year doesn't mean it ends when spring comes. It doesn't mean that it ends when uh, when New Year's is here. Like, OK, I got my New Year's resolution. Depression is over. No, it, it, it the second that it kicks in, it's like it can it can become a severe issue to where it used to be. I used to be depressed up until uh, Christmas Day. Now. I was depressed on Christmas Day. Now I'm depressed on New Year's Day. Now I still find myself depressed in this March. Uh, now I still find myself depressed and I've and it's been a whole year and I haven't been happy. And it's like because when it goes untreated or when there's when you're not taking your mental health seriously, um life is different and life will be perceived differently from your lens, you know? Uh and it can cause you to to have, you know, feelings of suicide or impulsive um, reactions based off of how, how you feel emotionally, you know. And when you're not making your uh, mental health a priority, you're really damaging your brain. And your brain needs to function in order for you to function realistically, scientifically proven too. And I, I always put emphasis on scientific because people be like, where's the scientific facts? Because therapy is all theory. It's all theories. That's why they ask us, well, what's your theoretical orientation? It's all based off of a theory, but it has connected to scientific research or empirical or evidence-based research to where, okay, certain theories could help out these, these symptoms or help the client manage these symptoms. So when, when I talk about SAD, I'm, I'm bringing more so uh, awareness to the fact that you may have family members or it may be you that is dealing with SAD, dealing with feeling SAD. Um, dealing with the seasonal depression or what you may know it as is the winter blues. You know, you may be dealing with these symptoms and if you don't know how or what to do, there is so many, um, you know, it, it's, there's so many interventions that you can possibly take to kind of help manage. It's not saying that it's going to take it away completely, but to manage. So knowing that when this time of the year comes around, you, you develop some type of tolerance for it to where you're still able to continue to move on. And when you make that a pattern and a habit by exposing yourself and exposing yourself to your pain and being able to deal with your pain and deal with your trauma, then you'll be able to move along in life and tolerate it more. And that's pretty much what, you know, 
mental illness in general. It's just you you deal you you're trying to find ways to manage it and deal with it. Like you can't just PTSD. Once you have PTSD, it doesn't go away. Once you de- have anxiety, it doesn't go away because your body is reacting off of that anxiety and it has been embedded. So you may find yourself shaking randomly and you're like, I can't stop shaking, but it's my anxiety. You know, I, I, I'm, I feel good. I feel calm, but you know, I'm just, I just shake randomly when it, during certain times or during certain times of the day, or people are depressed. You can't tell somebody, all right, you're done. Dep-. You will never, you will never do away with um, certain with mental illnesses. 100% of the time you have to actually, go through the process to develop a tolerance. You know, you have to develop a tolerance for it. And and when you develop that tolerance, then you'll be able to manage life a little better than what it was before for you. And so anybody that you know, that's dealing with sadness, let's not, let's not give people, um, let's not just, you know, apply these, these um, disorders to us just because we're dealing with the symptoms. Like just because I mentioned these symptoms doesn't mean that you, you have a seasonal affective disorder but it's psychoeducating you, letting you know that it is a disorder. And then if you find this happening to you every time around this time of the year, or you find yourself becoming depressed around this time of the year, that's a sign that you should take your mental health seriously and go get the uh, services you need. Now um, there are many services. So, you know, I'm not going to speak on where you can go, but I can say, go to your, your County, you know, wherever state you in, go to your County and get, um, you know, check, see what services that, that they uh, provide for you. Um, there's inexpensive ones, you know, there's really price efficient ones for people to afford. Uh, nowadays, uh, you have more access online now. And one thing, a pro about COVID is that now technology has been used at its best during this time where people were able to actually sit down and focus on how to use technology more advancedly. And now I see therapists is like, yeah, we went from doing Zoom just because COVID, but now I kind of, I kind of like this form of therapy. My opinion is cool. It's uh, you can definitely get it cheaper um, that way. So if you do want to look for a therapist, but you feel like uh, the price is is a little expensive, there's always remote therapists, and those are usually your cheapest route to go. So go ahead and tap in with a remote therapist um, and build that connection and stuff. Uh, you know, COVID has been, it, it's still prominent, but you know, the world is opening back up a little bit. And with that, you know, now it don't always have to be remote. Sometimes they'll say, yes, you can come to my, uh, you can come to my office or to my, uh, you know, office building or whatever, just bring a mask and, you know, follow the certain protocols, but just go ahead and check and see what services are out there. Do research on your therapist. One thing they do lead is there's always going to be, um, information about your therapist that uh, a client will want to know before, um, you know, committing to this therapist because this is a person that is to help you with your mental, your mindset. So go ahead and find the right therapist. You know, it may not be the first one, but continue to seek out treatment, continue to, you know, do your research and see what, what tools that you can utilize to better your circumstances. Um, light therapy uh, is, is usually prominent in like in Canada, actually, you know, Canada, because they deal with the lack of sunlight m- way more than America do light therapy has been like a prominent um, tool to use for a client for their clients when they're dealing with depression. Now, my issue with that is that, um, you know, I know technology is amazing and trust me, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know, but it's not, it's not natural. So 
the problem with that is that it, it can it can only do so much for the serotonin or whatever that is trying to ignite or you know enhance but it's not natural you know uh, so light therapy is an option and um, there's research studies that has worked but then you know with research studies there's always you know the uh, alternative hypothesis like it may not work light therapy it could work but it's not natural light so it may not work uh that that much you know it's not going to it's not going to help the serotonin as natural sunlight would you know so keeping that in mind sometimes just being in the state or being in the the country that you're in um it becomes a norm pretty much and so that can be tough on a person, you know, just having to deal with that year round that, that can be tough. And other countries um, I'm seeing are taking mental health a little, uh, is becoming a, a worldwide thing. I'm seeing, you know, uh, there was a study about um, from two doctors in Iraq. I think I have the study here. Let me go ahead and title them correctly. And it was a really good study. Um, it was saying the association between depression and climatic conditions in the Iran way to preventative um, depression. And it's from Dr. Mirzakani and Dr. Persofa. So they did a study based on Iran, you know, because of the lack of sunlight that they deal with as well around the, uh, you know, mid-fall sometimes. Um, I guess it was stated sometimes in the summer where we're still dealing with sunlight, but not so much over there. They had talked about the dopamine and the serotonin levels as being impacted and that's causing um, depression. Uh, and, you know, I was like, you know, that's interesting because we never think about the states that are really or the, the countries and states that are really cold, like Alaska. Like, I wonder I wonder what the depression rates are like there like that out there in uh, Alaska. You know, um, you know, we see how how New York can be. We know how the East Coast can be. Um, it could be really it could be really cold and leading to, you know, very depressive moods. So. Just seeing that uh, we have studies out there in other countries talking about things that, you know, we've been trying to make, uh, you know, very uh, emphasized out here in the world of mental health in America. It's 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 a blessing to see because people people need to use the Internet for their for for, you know, tools to utilize when they're going through depression, anxiety, uh, trauma, you know. Use your phone, look up these research articles because I'm writing one myself. I'm working on a dissertation and I am talking about the trauma um, and hip hop and this correlation on how it can help a person manage trauma by expressing themselves in hip hop, you know, and that's just one of many dissertations I'm going to work on. But it's just my first dissertation I'm working on getting published as a doctor um, in the field of psychology. So I'm like, you know what? I do want to talk about music because music is my passion and it's something I love. So I want my first dissertation to be about something I love on top of, um, you know, trauma, something that I deal with as a, as a human and, and putting the two together and collecting different sources, you know, and I do talk about serotonin. I do talk about dopamine levels. I do talk about the neuro because the brain is everything to your functioning. You know, if your brain isn't healthy, your physical isn't going to be healthy and vice versa. You know, it's like, got to take care of your body. So if you prioritize your physical health, um, at a high standard, you should do the same for your mental health, prioritize it at a high standard because, you know, when your brain isn't being taken care of, when you're not training your brain or feeding your brain um, positivity, or if you're not exercising and, you know, you're not keeping up on your health, which 
impacts the brain, then you're going to see, uh, you're going to see an, a deficiency in your daily functioning, you know? So think about it. How are you doing the holidays? You know, let's talk about it. How are you doing the holidays? Do you find yourself more depressed around this time of the year than any time of the year? If so, write it down, journal something, you know, journal why lay it all down on a piece of paper, use a pen, pencil, actually physically write it down. You can use your phone, but I'm telling you, try to just physically write it down. When you're done writing that, that answer down, read it out loud about two to three times just so you can hear what you're feeling internally. Because that's the thing is we deal with these battles internally and we're leaving it in as like, as it's going to just go away. And it's like, no, it's not going to go away. It's just going to stay there until you confront those feelings. So if you find yourself sad or depressed around this time of year, often journal why, and then read it out. Like I said, two to three times, and then ask yourself another question. What causes that? You know, what, what caused you to feel this way? Where did you start noticing that you was feeling this way? How often, how long does it last for you? Because some people can be good by second week of January. Some people may still be going on three years, four years to where it's like, Hey, if it's going longer than six months, and I'm I'm telling you right now, if it's going longer than six months, your depression is is like consistent in six months. In six months, you feel there is no improvement or progress in your life. And I'm not saying wait that long, but that is a sign that you are depressed or you are dealing with a um a mental impairment. You know, uh, instead of self diagnosing yourself, which is something that we tend to do when we feel a certain way, we're like, oh, I got this, I got this, I got oh. I'm, no, no, no. There's a criteria that people have to meet. There's studies, there's psychological testing that is done to, to prove this stuff. So it's like, you can't just self-diagnose yourself. But if you do feel that you're being impacted with depression symptoms or anxiety symptoms or post-traumatic symptoms, et cetera, you should take that as a sign. Instead of fighting that battle by yourself, if family isn't going to go, isn't going to be your go-to because they tend to minimize it or, they're going through their own things and they don't have time to deal with your shit. Go see a therapist. You know, you know, uh, I know therapy had a bad rep years ago, but now that it's becoming multicultural. Now we're having, uh, you know, more people of color in the field. It's, it's making it a diverse, uh, entity for people to feel comfortable and safe when expressing what they're going through internally. And like I said, in my last episode of grief, I said, we're a vulnerable generation. So therapy is mental health in general is at an all time high. Like, you know, we're seeing our rappers talk about it in interviews, even though their lyrics don't correlate, you know, and I'm, I'm, that's a part of my study in my dissertation as well. So, you know, we'll talk about that on another episode, but that's something too, you know, and just being able to like, you know, find alternatives or, or really, really journal and, and lay down some coping skills that you do or, you know, what works when you're feeling sad and what doesn't work when you're feeling sad? You know, uh, how do you express yourself when you're feeling depressed? Do you express it in a healthy way? If so, what are the healthy ways? If you express it in an adverse way, which is an unhealthy way, then how do you express it in an adverse way? What leads you to express it in an adverse way? You know, write it down. See a therapist and talk to these, talk to uh, your therapist about it because, you know, there's a thing called APA laws and ethics, you know, and I feel that even a client needs to be up on game about the APA laws and ethics. You know, what is appropriate for the therapist to follow when, when we provide therapy? Because you're, you're 
telling this person about your life. You're telling this person about everything you're going through that you wouldn't tell your best friend or that you wouldn't tell a family member or somebody really close to you. You're talking to what is a stranger at the beginning of time about your problems because you trust them just like you would go to a doctor and they run all these tests on you. You trust them to give you the information you need to hear and then take the steps to work on it. Therapist too, but you got to find the right therapist. Not all therapists are ethical. Not all therapists are competent, you know, and as a therapist, I'm going to just say what it is. Not every therapist that is, Oh, I'm a therapist. Doesn't mean they're necessarily competent. Oh, I, I, I'm a licensed doctor. Doesn't mean you're competent. Oh, I, I did. The, doesn't mean you're competent, you know, and read on the APA laws and ethics. I've had therapists while in my program, in my master's program, when I was going for my counseling psychology degree, I had a therapist that just would diagnose me. Oh, you got PTSD. And, I, you know, I might have it, but then it's like the way she approached it. Um, instead of getting to know who I am outside of just ready to diagnose me so she can write that check and give me that bill, you know, instead of having that interpersonal connectedness, you went straight into most likely misdiagnosing a person because you didn't get enough information. You didn't do enough testing. You, you didn't talk to the person enough to even know that's what you, that's the disorder that they have. You know, um, all therapists sometimes are just too textbook or they already, they, they just already have a way of doing things to where it's like, it's not always ethical. Remember I said that word, remember this video, remember this portion of the video that Kariga, who's also a mental health therapist is telling you that not all mental health therapists are competent. So that's 100% honest. You know, they're not all competent, not every therapist just because they have a license or a title behind their name means that they'll be the right one for you. You know? So be mindful of that. Find a therapist that'll be right for you, you know, because you could be misdiagnosed and that can lead to uh, more impairment. You know, what if you get misdiagnosed and then you're told to take this medication and this medication and it only made it worse? Like, or, you know, it's just do your research, y'all. Y'all get on these TikToks. You know, y'all get on these, y'all get on the Instagram, you know, y'all get on the Facebook, you know, y'all find the funnies, y'all post the memes and stuff like that's cool. But like, if you really find yourself going through a mental battle, do some research on your symptoms too, just to see like, you know, that you're not alone in this battle and that there is solutions and that there is steps to take to kind of help you manage those symptoms, tolerate the symptoms and move along in life way better than what it was before, you know, help you with those ruminating thoughts, help you with your sleep pattern find things that's going to help you, um, you know, think positive instead of the negative to avoid the cognitive distortions that you may focus on in your life. And I'll talk about cognitive distortions on another episode very soon to let you know what cognitive distortions are and how those impact us. You know, once again, it goes back to the neuro, the brain. So sad seasonal affective disorder, which is known for mid fall into the winter time. People deal with depression around this time of the year, specifically, for reasons such as, um, you know, the uh, like I said, uh, sunlight, you know, uh, deficiency, um, vitamin D deficiency, uh, isolation, um, you know, uh, hypersensitivity. I, I may have forgotten to mention that, but hypersensitivity uh, and many other symptoms, you know, uh, the melatonin, the sleep schedule, the uh, appetite, the change in appetite, you know, and your connectedness with people, you know. 
believe it or not, when you find yourself not communicating or connecting with people or not being around people often, um, it impairs you. It's going to impair you and impact you. People need to be together. People need love. People need support. And believe it or not, if you don't think that you don't need it, uh, do some self-reflection, you know, on yourself. Are you, are you where you at in life? Because everybody needs somebody, whether you think you don't, whether you have the mentality that you don't trust nobody or whatever. Hey, I, I understand that. Trust me, but like you always need somebody and there is somebody out there for you. And if you do need somebody to be there for you, when you're dealing with a crisis mentally or emotionally, go ahead and do research on a therapist and go try out therapy. And you know, let's not make the assumption that therapy don't work. I I'm a true advocate for therapy. It is necessary. It's important. Go do research, find you a therapist, try it out. And then, and embrace the process. Now the process isn't meant to be comfortable. Okay. Because in, in therapy, you're going to have to talk about things that led to your depression symptoms. Okay. Well, if you feel sad around this time of the year, what caused it? What was the traumatic event that impacted it? What made it change? When did you notice change? When you start really digging deep into like the core issues and then having to actually verbalize it, that's the uncomfortable process. The thing is, nobody wants to verbalize it or they, and it's true. You know, you don't want to verbalize it to anybody. You know, you don't want your stuff to be used against you or you don't want people to judge you. I get it. You don't want to have this per perception uh, for people. Like, I don't want them to perceive me in this way, but you know, you're showing the signs already, you know, and, and, and nonverbal cues, you know, whether, whether you're talking or whether you're isolating or whether you're, you're irritable and it displays and et cetera. It shows, it shows. So, you know, that energy is going to carry with you if you don't find solutions for it, you know, and instead of finding a solution in every problem, how about we just find a solution <laughs> and then just understand that it may not work for every problem, but understand that if we can use the tools and mentally train ourselves and, and mentally strengthen ourselves um, in preparation that we may deal with these emotions again, it will help you manage your symptoms better. It will help you tolerate things more. So go see a therapist, man. I'm, I will always say that. Go see a therapist, you know, uh, tap in with your therapist. I've, I've had three therapists, you know, and, you know, my first therapist wasn't the best, but I won't, I won't knock the person too much because at the end of the day, I still learned something. Um, you know, I did my trial. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't get out. I just didn't, you know, continue my contract with the person. I just did my time and that was it, you know, and then I moved on to another therapist um, who was non-black. And that was kind of, that was kind of tough and conflicting. You know, when you're trying to talk about your depression and stuff like that, you know, they, sometimes I feel, especially with this one, I'm not going to generalize all um, non-black therapists, but I just feel like it was just minimizing, you know, and I, and, and sitting in sometimes sitting in these rooms with, uh, some non-black therapists or non-black clinicians or uh, practicum students and et cetera, I can see they don't understand the struggles that, that, that the black and the brown go through, you know, and, and it shows, and I'm seeing it as a professional and I see it as a client. So it's just, it's like, I could do a dissertation on that myself. And I, I kind of see like, you know, it, it's like I could talk to him and he was hearing me out, but there was a lot of minimization. It was a lot of textbook solutions and it was a lot of unrealistic solutions where it's like, but I'm already in my therapist program. Like I have to do therapy with this guy, you know, so I had to get my hours with him. And it's just like, 
I did my I did my time once again. You know, I didn't back down. I did my time with him, but it was just like, yeah. As a therapist, looking from the outside in as well, I was just like, I wouldn't want this guy to be a therapist for. I wouldn't want to be this therapist for any of my clients. Let me say that I wouldn't want to be that type of therapist for my clients. You know, non-black or black, I wouldn't want to be like that for my clients. You know, and the thing is, is that I. I feel that you have to do research on the type of therapist. Like if you feel like a therapist isn't going to understand your struggle, what you've been through, don't go to that therapist. If you're reading up on a therapist that look like they, they got an understanding of where you come from or, or, or share similar interests of what you share. And you're like, okay, see consultation, see if this is the person for you, do a session or two, three, and just see how that go. And then, you know, and you will, you will see some progression in your life, you know, but find that right therapist that's going to help you move. That's, that's what we do. We, we, we want our clients just as well as we want ourselves and our well being. We want to progress in life. We don't want to, we don't want to fall. We don't want to fall down and not get back up or know how to get back up. You know, some people can fall down and be like, all right, I can use two hands and push myself up and I'm standing again. But some people are like, I don't know how to use my hands. And you're like, you don't know how to use your hands. To you, that may sound crazy, but to them, they really don't know how to use their hands to push themselves back up or they don't know how to use their legs to get back up. And we have to understand that not everybody's moving at the same pace. Everybody's depression looks different. Everybody deals with depression differently. And like I said in my last episode, everybody grieved differently. Everybody deals with loss differently. So it's like understanding that, yeah, we all have similarities as humans, but we, we all deal with things differently because our brain is complex our brain functions differently. And that's why I say cherish your brain, take care of your brain because it does impact depressive mood and anxiety, um, traumatic responses and et cetera. So once again, go on my website, xcariga.com. I got tabs right up at the top right of the corner of the screen, man, just go ahead and click, man. It's, I promise you the website is lit on the mobile version and the desktop version. Both versions look completely different and I did that on purpose. So if you want to know what the desktop version looked like, go on a laptop, go on a desktop, go check out the website. You'll see what I'm talking about. If you got your phone, go ahead and go to xcariga.com and you'll see the, the difference, you know, but all the tabs are the same. You can go check out the underlying perceptions episodes, um, also sponsored by Room Service Radio. You can also go on the knowledge tab. You will see articles on mental health. You know, I feel like um, the reason why I'm doing that, you know, uh, I had that question where people were like, you know, like, yeah, man, I know you rapping, but now you you on the mental health thing. We love you. Like, what's up with it? You know, uh, I had a homie ask me, like, what's up with the article thing? Like, why are you doing the articles? I like it, but like, what's the purpose behind it? And I said, because in my raps now, I've been, I, I like to rap and try to get the, the word of mental health out there. Like, you know, trying to advocate it, like advocate for mental health in my music, but with lyricism and rhythm, it's like, it's an art, you know? And it's like, Every, every thought that I have, I can't fit on a two-minute, three-minute, four-minute track. And I'm not trying to make no 1970-length songs. You know, I'm not trying to make no 15-minute jam sessions or trying to get the point across because people lose interest. But I know that I have a voice out there, and I know that working in the group homes, I have a lot of the youth that's following me on whatever account they following me on tapping in. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm leading I'm, I'm being a leader in my, in what I'm, I'm speaking about. If I'm going to be an advocate for mental health, I got to walk by that and I'm working on myself. But I also know that I got the youth watching me and I got many other people watching me um, where it's like, okay, if my voice is, if I got a, if I got a nice 
a nice size voice that can reach some people out there. Let me go ahead and drop some knowledge. You know, uh, people love my lyrics. People love my music, my rap. So maybe it's my mindset that I can just go ahead and share with people. So I'll talk about topics like compassion, resiliency, things that I always talk about in my music, you know, mindfulness, healing, you know, my interpretations based on the research that I'm doing, you know, uh, compassion, resiliency, epigenetics, you know, I'm big on epigenetics, but if you want to know more about it, you know, I wrote it in a way where you can go in there and read it and get a general idea. You know, I'm psychoeducating and providing general ideas to these disorders, to these symptoms. So nobody is left like confused or like mental health is so complex that we don't understand it, but it's like, no, no, I, I, I can teach it. I know I can teach it in a way where you can understand it, you know? So, so, you know, cause doctors are going to talk like doctors. Doctors are going to say these words that sound big and whatever, but honestly, you know, there's simpler ways to put it down. And if you go on my knowledge tab, you can go ahead and check it out. I wrote it. I wrote it in a way where it's understanding and it's, it's just a general idea of what it's about. You know, now it's not for you to go on there and just self-diagnose yourself is, and I got to put emphasis on that. It's not for you. It's not saying that, just because you're dealing with these symptoms specifically, you have this disorder. No, I'm not diagnosing nobody, but I am saying that if you do feel that it is impairing you constantly and consistently, go see a therapist, go ahead and read up on it. Do research on your symptoms to see who else is out there dealing with these types of symptoms. Do you think you need to uh, go see therapy? If the tools that you're using for yourself isn't working, maybe the tools from a therapist could work, you know? So don't underestimate mental health, y'all. Like, it sounds corny because people think like, ah, oh, it's just a mindset thing. Like, at the end of the day, you know, like, I'm going to feel how I'm going to feel. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly. But, you know, if it impacts your decision making or if it impacts your mood every holiday or it impacts your connections with people and et cetera, don't you think that's kind of like depressing? Don't you think that will put you in a, cripple, a crippling state of depression? Like, it could it can lead you to like, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to name drop rappers, but there has been in the past two weeks, six mainstream rappers and slash singers that went on Instagram and posted that God take the will. I don't want to be here anymore. Or, I don't want to live anymore. The, you know, like even, even these rappers that everybody, you know, love and, and put at a high standard, um, you know, they're going through it, you know, like, isn't that a sign that mental health isn't a joke? And then all I see is I love reading comments because I want to see what people are saying. You know, what are people saying about this situation? I already have an idea. You know, everybody I'll suck it up. You got millions of dollars. Oh, what you're bitching about. You got the nicest Lamborghini yesterday. Like, you know, like that, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem with mental health is that when people are going through things, you know, people minimize it. And when you go to a therapist, you know, we could put you in that world and a new perspective and, and to where how you can see things, how you can better handle things. And it gives you a great outlook on life. When you do research on mental health, it helps expand your outlook on life. You know what I'm saying? So keep that in mind. Um, if you're dealing with it, I will have uh, sources on my website updated today. So I will have a new tab and it will have sources for you to call suicide hotlines, hotlines for depression, um, mental health services worldwide that you can call so they'll just you know answer the phone see what county you're located in and get you connected right and properly i will provide numbers emails addresses um, necessary information um, that is also on the internet but i'm gonna just put it on my website so when you do browse on my website 
I'm showing you that I do advocate for your mental health just as much and that I want you to go ahead and take it serious just as well. So once again, thank you guys for tuning in to Underlying Perceptions. I'm Kariga. The mantra is be real, not perfect, and y'all stay blessed.